Welcome to lunch without Jer. Unfortunately, today we are at Redeemer Pizza, and Jer was kind of a last-minute scratch, unfortunately. But I had my whole day kind of crafted around this, and I was really looking forward to being down in Denver anyway. So we're doing a lunch with Jer without Jer. Without Jer, and at a brand new location. I know. It won't. Right. T- technically, this is like a dispatch podcast. Yes. It so is. we just came back to an old dispatch haunt, right. which is Redeemer Pizza. But this time we came hungry. Yeah, because the last time we came, we'd been to three different pizza places before that, too, before that. And now we got to empty stomach, crush this pizza, and it was tremendous. It was like the special was like a New York something with uh, andouille sausage yeah, and sure. some Cajun spicy cheese. Uh-huh. Free- Fantastic. Redeemer Pizza is really good. Now, it's super loud back here. Yeah. So in addition to all the fans that we have on the podcast, yeah. there are fans in the room. Right. Wow. But, I, but I think it's a nice ambient white noise. Yeah. Like maybe the lull. I like to have white noise when I sleep. Uh-huh. I've not gone to sleep yet, but after this pizza, I just might. Well, there was a little kid to our, my left, your right, that had the metal thing that was just banging it. Uh-huh. And the two adults with her were just completely ignoring it. Uh-huh. To the point where I was like, we might have to shut that down. But it stopped on its own. You but were, you could look it on their faces where they're like, I don't even hear it. You, They don't. Yeah. You were three bangs away from shutting that down. That's right. Yes, from taking it away from You're going to have to stop doing that right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, before we get into the nuts and bolts of what is sure to be an excellent episode, mm. we got a fan submission unprompted oh, really? from Max. Max, longtime listener, first-time caller sent in this gem of a clip. Hey guys, Max here. Long time listener, first time caller. I'm the guy that moved to Reno and a few months ago, Derek and Sam and Jer brought it up on the podcast and no one seemed to know why somebody would ever move to Reno. And so I, I do want to justify it or, or whatever you guys want to call it. But uh, I think first I want to hear all of your guys' opinion on Reno. When you hear the word Reno, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? And also, have any of you ever been to Reno before? Okay, so Reno, let's unpack Reno. Yeah. Your thoughts, your experience, your viewpoint on Reno. Well, I have been to Reno, but even before and after, my first thought when I hear Reno, just first off the cuff is, Low-rent Vegas, right? Isn't that what everybody thinks? It, that's not technically true. Yeah. There is more, you know, it's a little more outdoorsy. It's, I, I don't know. It, but that's what it's thought of as the shittier Vegas. It's Vegas light. Yeah. Yeah. Vegas without as much going on. Hey, uh, you don't have the chops to go to Vegas. Why don't you go warm up in Reno for a little bit? Yes. Okay. Reno just seems, uh, yeah. What do you think? Uh, I do have a Reno shirt. Because Jeb and Stephanie used to live in Reno. So I have been to Reno several times. Yeah. And I have a shirt that says Reno Envy on it. And it's got a trailer part, like a shitty, <laughs> small, like one of those tabs, yeah. like a little tiny guy. And it says Reno Envy. And it's a great fitting t-shirt, so I like it. Also, my friends gave it to me, so that's why I like it. But it took me the longest time to realize that Reno Envy is Reno, Nevada. Nevada's abbreviation is oh, Envy. Envy. And I was like... I did. I didn't get it. That is hundred percent. Didn't get it. I didn't get. I would go my whole life without getting it. It took me. I, I mean, obviously the envy. So maybe if I'm not smart enough to get that, I can't sit here and talk about how dumb Reno may or may not. Good be. point. Good point. And most of my, you know, even ever going there once. I mean, most of my opinions on it are based on nothing. 
They're just based on the word Reno, how it sounds, how it feels yeah. in my mind. What's what's I mean, Max is a big fan of Reno, right? He loves it. Yeah, and he, I can't remember us talking about it. We must have we brought it up on an episode. Maybe yeah. I was just bummed that my friend is far away. Yeah. Um, no, but, you were saying, why would anyone ever move to Reno? Right. Exactly like he said. And his, his response was, well, why wouldn't you want to be here? And that's where it's- Well, that's a stalemate now. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. There's, um, so I've been there several times. Uh, Jeb and Steph's home was very nice. Great communities. Super hilly. Uh, the weather, I think, is kind of shitty. Like, winters are, like, blustery, whatever. And then the summers are super hot and very windy. That's what I remember. Oh. Really, really windy. Okay. What I think Max is doing, he's there for the um, the the mountains, the Sierra Madres. Sierra Madre, is that uh, right? Sounds right. Um, Tahoe is a stone's throw away from Reno, yeah. and I think that's more or less what he does. He okay. can mountain bike and ski Tahoe and Reno for the most part, and that's where he's in his element. Right. So he he has everything he's there. He's got a girlfriend. He's got I think some friends. But he has like the ultimate outdoor environment in a relatively affordable city. Yeah, and he can work remotely, so he's he's living his best life. Oh, see, that's nice. Yeah, I would ask why he doesn't just move to Tahoe, but I he's not a billionaire, so I assume that's the hangup. It's probably really expensive. I don't think that Tahoe is that far. Away. I mean, it might be forty-five minutes. Okay, maybe it's a half an hour. So I'm not like, quite sure. It's, so it's nothing. No, it's like Denver to Boulder, kind of. Okay, so um. I feel like Reno is just an easy target. It is. Also, I think of uh, The Adventures of Reno Williams, which is a movie from the 80s, which sucked. And I have a friend named Reno Boyd. So when you say Reno, I think of Reno Boyd. Okay. I, I don't really have any thoughts about the city of Reno other than it's not Colorado. It's definitely not Colorado. Yeah. We do have a problem here. We, we, we put Colorado on a pedestal, rightfully so. Yeah. But you could go to Reno and be like, this is fine, but it is not. It's yeah. not Colorado. So, Max, we got your back. You know what? You have the juice to, if you say you love it, I will side with you that it's got to be pretty awesome. I'm on board. Because you know what? With a guy like Max, if it wasn't cool, he would just leave. He would. He's done it before. He's like, uh, I don't like it here. Like when he left us. Yeah. Left the state. And went to Idaho. That's where, oh. and he got to Idaho. I was like, well, who the fuck would go to Idaho? And he's like, yeah. it's amazing. A lot of people would. Yeah. <laughs> it's all they uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary we referred to in our last episode. Yes. I think Schwarzenegger has a has a house in like Park City or not Park City, whatever Sun Valley, Idaho. Yes, and there's all these drone shots of his compound there. It's amazing there. Idaho does kick ass. Yeah, you got uh, Boise, yep. great town. Um, yeah, haven't I haven't been to Coeur d'Alene, but that amazing. looks like paradise. Amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. Secret. So if you were to go to Reno, and you had to fly there, yeah. One of our fans brought up some topics, and one of them is if you're on a plane or you're on a trip, basically you're away from your spouse. Good segue. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, what scenario is it appropriate for either you to buy another woman a, a drink or for another woman or another man to buy your wife a drink? What scenario is approved or appropriate? I have an opinion here. I think it's only appropriate if you're buying drinks for a group of people. Like, hey, this is a big one. I'm buying all four of them or five of them. I'm getting, I'm getting this round on me. Right. If it's a one-to-one drink buy, right. I can't think. Of, and there's, there's nothing above board, super inappropriate about it. But there is something a little weird. Yeah. And I can't think of a situation where it wouldn't have a little tinge of weirdness to it. Like it, in some scenario, a man might send over a, a beer to Kristen at a bar or a cocktail, and he may have. Zero intentions of talking to her, getting her number, or hitting on her. He might just be genuinely nice for whatever reason. 
And even that scenario still is, is smacks of like, well, why then why are you doing it? Yeah, why would I? Yeah, I don't even think that's possible. Yeah. Why would you send a drink to someone you don't know with yeah. zero intention of engaging with them? So this happened to Charity on an airplane where she was chatting up some guy. Yeah, and she was. Talking about spouses or whatever. And the guy gets up and he, when he comes back, meanwhile, they're in an airplane, not yeah. at a bar. They're in an airplane. Comes back and gives her a Miller Lite. Yeah. And she's like, well, he was so nice. And we were talking about our spouses. And so I just had a Miller Lite. And I was like, wait, what? And I don't, I'm not worried about it, but it, it sounds out of character for her to accept the drink from a man she doesn't know. Well, and also the scenario of, first of all, it's a Miller Lite, which she doesn't want. Yeah. Uh, and you're on an airplane, which is not like a bar or a restaurant. It was, it was all weird. And then her explanation back to me was, I know it's weird, to, but if I flip it around and you did that to another woman, I would lose my mind. And her kind of bringing the topic up was the conundrum of hypocrisy of, you could never do it, but I just did it. Yeah. Well, two things. It is a little different because if you were to buy a woman a drink, you'd be the one initiating. Yep. Which she didn't. And the other thing is, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, that is a little weird. How else could she react in the moment? She could say, no, thank you. I'm not drinking that. Which no, is thanks. a little. Yeah, she could say, no, thanks. And then he's just holding another Miller Lite. But she is, she gets hit on quite a bit and she's really good at no thank you okay I can buy my own drink no thanks oh well she's used to that so i mean we just went out the other night and we were at a concert and she went to the bar to get drinks and some guy was totally just hitting on her let me buy it. she's like i can buy my own drinks i don't i don't want this interaction to happen and it kept going but she can handle herself pretty well you never encourage her to take the drink and then just leave or just give it to me yeah <laughs> that would be great oh yeah. perfect my husband loves my husband loves me light <laughs> uh, i came up with two scenarios both of which she shot down, okay? Scenario number one is I'm on a plane. Yeah. There's a woman in my row, and she orders a drink, and I also order a drink, and I have free coupons, and I have two of them, and I'm just going to throw the other one away. Yes. So I'm like, oh, no, cool, I got, I got you. So I buy mine, and I buy hers with a free coupon that I, again, am just going to throw away. So I have purchased a drink for another woman, but only just because of proximity. I give this a full stamp of approval. Okay. I think that makes sense. Uh, Practicality-wise, yeah, I, I see no holes. Okay. Yep. Also, I agreed with your statement. Was, who is initiating the... Yes. Like, if I'm buying a woman a drink, I'm doing the thing, but yes. she's receiving the drink. It's not really on her. The energy is whatever. It's different. Here's scenario number two, is we're in a crowded sports bar, and we're watching the Redskins finally win an NFL football game. And across the bar and down the way... Is another, I'm wearing a Redskins jersey for some reason. And she's over there and she's also wearing a Redskins jersey cheering. What? Commanders. Commanders, yes, sorry. I said that three times. It's loud here. (laughs) It's so loud. The fans are overwhelming. I was hoping to just keep saying it. (laughs) Commanders. Um, And there's another Redskins fan in the bar. Commanders. And I, we score a touchdown and I buy a drink. I was like, I want to buy that woman a drink over there because she's also a Redskins fan. And there's no communication. She could be hot or ugly. It doesn't matter. I'm just buying another, like, fan, Redskins fan. Commanders. <laughs> but I don't go talk to her. I maybe give her, like, the wave or the tomahawk chop or maybe act like I'm dealing cards in a casino. Like, some kind of relevant Redskins gesture. Commanders. I, uh, very good. I think there are two considerations here okay. to determine whether or not this gets the stamp of approval. Okay. Number one, are you both alone? Okay. Good. What if it's, okay, 
Because if you're with, if you're both with someone, yep. I think that makes it acceptable. Okay. If you're with someone, you know you're not buying it to try to hit on somebody else. I think that's acceptable too. Okay. If she's with someone and you're not, gray area. Number two, <clears throat> is she hot? You said it could be whatever. The hotter she is, the more suspect it becomes. Yes. If she's an uggo yeah. in a big old commander's jersey. Redskins. <laughs> I, I think it's fine. Yeah. Then it's a... So really, it's the potential for something more. Yes. It's not going to happen, but it could happen. Right. So if, if we're on a seesaw and this person outweighs me to the point where I'm up in the air, you can send her all the drinks you want because you're never coming down. Right. Right. But you, in both these scenarios you laid out, it makes sense, especially this one. Yes. In I mean, if there's one other commander's Redskin. fan in the bar, you'd want to buy them a drink. You'd yes. want to have that moment with them. Yep. Now, if she's with, let's say, a boyfriend, yeah, and I send over two drinks, that's fine, to your point. You're buying a group. What if it's two chicks, and I send over two drinks? Yes. Is that, now that it's two, does that make it a more or less? Or is that just a potential threesome that actually won't happen? Very important. Just can't have here. a threesome in a yes. TP, by the way. If they are, if they are two girls, yep. and they are friends, yep. then it's even worse. Worse, okay. If they are lesbians, i.e. they're girlfriends, yep. you are in the clear. So if they have shorter haircuts than me, yes. and I'm buying them like a apple teeny or something, no problem at No problem at all. And that's a great point you raised too, because yeah. how are you going to know if someone's actually a lesbian? Yeah. Well, at this point, it comes to plausible deniability. Yeah. So if you go, hey, she had the haircuts, yeah. I, I, I got as much information as I could, and I made a call, yeah. I feel like that's fair. If she was wearing a Redskins jersey that had some yeah. kind of rainbow element to it, would that serve as my evidence for, well, she's wearing the... the that doesn't exist. No, God. Yeah. It did. did in June, I bet, because everybody has one. Really? A Speaking rainbow of, jersey? Can we do a recap of your Pride Parade experience? We have it. We, yeah. Yeah. I want to hear all about it, because uh, San Diego Pride was last weekend, yes. as we spoke about. I had every intention of going at some point and I just couldn't make it work, but I really, really, super, really want to go. Yeah. So just to reinforce my uh, allyship and commitment to the cause, but you actually got to march, lead, whatever. Yeah, I marched in the Pride Parade here in Denver, and I will I will look at it from a parade point of view because I hate parades. Yeah. Being in the parade, so much better than going to the parade. Being in the parade was borderline enjoyable experience. I had a good time. You got to march down Colfax. Yeah. Everybody's happy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the yeah. vibes were great. Yeah. Um, you're just handing out a bunch of shit like beads and other stuff that doesn't really matter, but people are thrilled to get all of it. Yep. Uh, it was an AA experience for me. Uh, do you remember one or two things in particular? Like, wow. Like, eventually you're going to see, uh, as they're not assless chaps because all the chaps are assless. Yeah. It's just chaps or dudes in little tiny denim shorts. Like, something you look at and you're like, there it is. Yes, the group behind us were the... Um, Unfortunate positioning. <laughs> I can't remember what they were called, but <laughs> they were all wearing leather dog masks, and indiscriminately, <laughs> they would just start barking. The gimps? Uh, is... Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. They would just start barking as we were walking down the uh, down the parade route, and they were like really good barks. It was believable. So yes. it, was, it was startling. Um, I feel like what, whatever the fringe groups are like that, that they... You need something? Good. I'm good. I'm just coughing a uh, lot. Uh, COVID. Um, that they have upped their game forever because the squares are always so anti whatever they are that every year they just keep up in their game. Yeah. Like you don't like that we're gay. Well, now we're going to be super gay. We well, don't like that we're super gay. Now we're going to be 
almost naked. Well, you don't like that either. Now we're going to have uh, penises on her forehead. Like, they just keep up in their game to make the squares feel uncomfortable. Meanwhile, they're the same people, and they're the same just having a good time people, but they're up in their game to sort of, like, stand out. Is it, is it that? Or do know. they have to up their game? Because as time goes, more and more things become accepted. Right. You know, I mean, there was a time not that long ago, merely being gay was subversive. Right. And no longer. Yeah. At least in a city like we're discussing, so... Yeah. Do you have to go crazier with the dog masks and such? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I wonder, does that group typically wear the dog mask on a regular basis, or did they get it like, hey, let's all do this it was, just for the parade? That's what I got to think yeah. now. I just, I kind of feel like that there is a line. It's not for me to decide, obviously, what the line is, but I think like the the giant dildo penis masks, shit like that, like that, that might be a, a tick too full. Yeah. And I, that may be the line for me. Honestly, I expected it to see more of that type of stuff. Yeah. But it was pretty pretty normal. Cool. Yeah. Good. All right, so uh, we had lots of submissions today. Uh, I got them on my way here, so I did not have time to read all of them. Okay, all right. So let's, uh, let's, let's read them live. go in this adventure together. Okay, number one. Oh, that's a long one. That's oh, a yeah. text. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so what, what's an appropriate amount to donate at a charity golf tournament, entry fee excluded, for entertainment? Like, beefy long drive guy or super hot, can you put the ball anywhere gal? Like, I'm guessing it's uh, you go up and you can donate some money, and if you get a hole in one on the par three, you win fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. What is an appropriate amount of money to just be throwing around at a charity golf event? I'd say twenty-five to fifty. I'd yeah. say fifty if you really want to start doing it, but twenty-five, especially if you're doing a couple of them. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I don't know. What do you think? Is that I too feel like like most things? If you bring a hundred dollars worth of smaller bills. Yes. Once you burn through that $100, that, that's enough. You've done your job. Yes. Plus, you paid the entry fee and everything else. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're giving $100 to the kids. What if you chipped it in and you go, we, you went a car, but now you got to pay taxes on the car, and the right. taxes is $7,000. Right. What a chip. That does suck. However, you could just turn around and sell the car. Still make a handsome profit. I think that that's happened like on the prices, right? That yeah. People will win the car, but you have to pay the taxes on it, and they're like, that's five grand. You're like, well, I don't have five grand, so no car. Never mind. You don't get yeah. the card. Yeah. Take it back. Okay. So I, I'm going to go with $100. $100. $100. Okay. okay. Uh, ooh. Way on an airplane. Speaking of armrests, there's been a lot of, uh, is it passenger shaming, which is the Instagram handle, about armrest decorum. Your thoughts on the armrest? I think the middle seat gets first dibs. Yeah. Isn't that always the case? I think so. On both armrests. The middle, I mean, the window person can lean this way. The aisle person can lean this way. The yeah. middle person kind of dictates. But what happens if you're the middle person is a stranger and they lift up the armrest between you and them? Oh, that's and you reach over and you put it down and then they lift it up again, meaning I I want this up. They're coming on to you. That's yeah, weird, right? That's like tapping your foot beneath the uh, bathroom stall. That's yes. what's the, that that'd be very. Has that happened to you? Uh, it did not happen to me. It did happen to charity where a guy purposely wanted it up and he, maybe he had hairy arms, maybe he didn't. But she's small and she's like I couldn't get out of his space more, but. There's, right. there's clearly a line, yeah, and he was past the line. Well, the other thing the armrest does is help, you know, be the line of demarcation of yeah. whose space is whose. Yeah, it helps keep people from spilling into your space, which yeah. is a problem too, especially if they're a large individual. Are you willing to touch a stranger if they are in your space? You're like, well, I'm not moving, but they're waiting in your space, which means you're going to have to touch elbows or rub shoulders. Would you just go, fine, I'll move over, so I don't have to touch you, or would you go? Screw you, we're touching this whole way. 
at this point in my life, I'll move if I can. Yep. If I can, because I just don't want to really be touching someone the whole time. Yep. It also depends on which body part. You know, if it's an elbow, it's no big deal. If our legs are touching, that seems weirder to me. Is it if it's skin on skin or oh, that's no some skin. kind of hairy arm on skin, then that's a no fly. Well, now, meow. Who who's touching you? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I'm trying to do anything here, but if it's an attractive woman, it's less of a burden. Yeah. Than it is if it's a hairy arm fatso. The chance of an attractive and or fit woman yeah. spilling into your space is. Probably not going to Not going to happen. Good yeah. point. Yeah. Don't Usually have to the person that's violating the armrest decorum is either socially inept or big. Is there a point where we need to make people purchase two seats? 100%. Where is that line? If you purchase the seatbelt extender, you must purchase... The seatbelt extender should be the price of a seat. Oh. And if you get that, fine. Right. You must purchase a second seat. Right. This is the allotted space for you. Yeah. And if you need more space... If you want more pizza, you got to buy more pizza. Right. If you want more space, you got to buy more space. The seats also aren't that small. It's not like they're luxurious, but like a normal sized person should be able to fit in there. I'm 6'3", 200 pounds. Yeah. That's that's reasonable. That's bigger than normal. And yeah. I fit in the seat no problem. I know. I'm pretty long too. Yeah. You know, we don't, they, they, there's no leg room on these flights anymore. So yeah. if you don't try to get like, hey, I need more length. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to, although I do kind of put my feet way under the seat in front of me to the point where it might be a little much. That's okay. Is it okay? You take off your shoes. Man, no, because of politeness. Yeah. But I'm, man, I'm going barefoot more and more in life these days. And I, I think it's my preferred way of life, not just for me, but for those around me as well. Wait, your preferred way of life is to be barefoot? Be barefoot. Oh, uh, interesting. Because yeah, you got the Minnetonka moccasins on. Mocks on, no socks. Yeah. So I'm like I'm halfway there, you yeah. know? But I really... That's what I thought the other day. I'm like, what do I want out of my life, you know, 10, 15 years down the road? Some people would think, I want this house. I want to live here. I want this car. I'm like, I want to be barefoot as much as possible. Yeah. So whatever comes... I know. If you're at a place where you're able to be barefoot as much as possible, shit's probably pretty good. Yeah. So maybe that's my way of thinking about it. Or it's really it. gross. Or it's really bad. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's rich man, barefoot. poor man right there. Yeah, he's rich man, poor man. God yeah. dang. That is, it's... Ah, You're either like tiptoeing through the tulips or you don't own shoes (laughs) and there's a river of urine probably going underneath your knees. You are either stepping on white sand beaches or hypodermic needles. Um, We just had a bunch of construction in our northern part of Boulder and there's a brand new nice bridge and underneath it, that is the preferred place for when the sun's out for the homeless population in the whole area to hang out. We call it the Hobo Bridge. Uh-huh. My sons and I effectively call it the affectionately call it the Hobo Bridge. They've upped their game. Reason them right. They, the hobos or your son? The hobos. Oh. Um, they started off with office chairs, so they're they're you ride your bike through there, and they're sitting in like office chairs, like plat, plat, yeah, 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 office chairs with rollers. And we went by there today. Love seat. No way. Love seat and office chairs. No, this is underneath the bridge. Underneath the, the bridge. Brand new bridge. Beautiful bridge. What do we do about this? Riddled with hobos. Ah, oh, it's no fun. I, I've. You you can't make homelessness illegal, yeah, obviously. Can't do it. But what you can make illegal is vagrancy or trespassing or loitering. Like, guys, you can't. Yeah. You can't just. It's unsafe now. Like, I wouldn't want to send my twelve year old through there with six homeless dudes right. that are flopped out. It's one of those things where it's hard to put an actual line on. This is exactly what's allowed, and this is what's not. Right. But like when you see something like that, it's everyone's kind of like, yeah, this isn't really great. I mean, they have to have somewhere to go, but then whose burden is that? Is it on the city? Is it on that individual person? Right, right. I think that I would be, I would love it if there was like public service people that would just walk around and 
Maybe they have a bottle of water, or maybe they have some snacks, but they walk up to those folks and be like, hey, you, you can't be here. Right. Like, here's some water, here's this clean air, like, here's something for a public service, but you can't just be flopped out on the cement. Meanwhile, we have million-dollar home right down the street. You just can't do that. The job I, description you're describing, I believe, is the police. Yeah. That's what the police should be doing. Yes. And or are in some situations. I want to know your thoughts on taking your shoes off in public. Though. Oh, um, I am just like you. I'm a huge proponent of bare feet. I love yeah. bare feet. Okay. I wear sandals as much as possible. Right. My One of my key markers of success early in my career was I want to wear tennis shoes every day. Okay. The sandals have supplanted the tennis shoes. I sure. want to have flip-flops on it as much as possible. I'm not an idiot. I don't wear flip-flops to meetings. Sure. I don't wear them with clients. Anytime I am free to be in my own choices, I am wearing flip-flops. Okay, yeah. I would say on an airplane, I take my shoes off if I'm wearing shoes most of the time. You do. The pressure. Definitely at night when no one can see it. Yeah. Right? People get weird about that. Why do they get weird? Because feet stink? Uh, kind of. Yeah. And I think if I took my shoes off and I go, my feet stink, I would put my shoes back You'd on. You'd know, yeah. I think so. And if you're wearing flip-flops, which everybody's okay with, you're basically barefoot to begin That's worse. Yeah. At least the other time is covered in a sock. Sure. So- Boys and girls can wear flip-flops, no problemo. I take my shoe off, tennis shoe, with a sock on. People have a problem with that. See, because you've been sweating underneath that sock. Maybe. And your foot's been creating an, an ecosystem, you know, that's real humid. And that's going to bring out some sense. I think that's what people are worried about. An eco ecosystem of funk. Yeah. But I think we should be less concerned about that, personally. People are way too worried about germs. Yeah. Or you think? But you know what? If, if the person sitting next to me was barefoot on a plane, I wouldn't care. If they cross their leg and their foot is in my space, now we got a problem. I don't want that. Big time. Because you're touching me with your bare foot. Yeah, get the hell out of here. You can't yeah. do that. Yeah. But unfortunately, again, rich man, poor man, the, the poor side of it doesn't get that. You got to have some some rules. Everything right. has rules. Right. Everything right. has rules. Yeah, there are rules here. And they don't care. So yeah, I'm, I'm barefoot. Now, when I used to adventure race a lot, I read a book and one of the books said, be as barefoot as often as possible to toughen up your feet. Yeah. So if you're getting a lot of calluses or they're just used to it, and then you're racing and your feet get wet, you're not going to blister as easily if you have tough feet. Makes so sense. I always was barefoot all the time anyway. Yeah. It just, I just like it. It's nice. Yeah. I know, I know somebody who hates being barefoot. And I feel like that's a, that's a fundamental problem in your lifestyle there. That's like, why would you hate being barefoot? Why do you hate it? Because you're afraid of germs? Because it feels weird? I got to follow up. I never did. Yeah. I feel like it's because it feels weird because, you know, you get so used to the support of a shoe. Yeah. That your feet, I mean, we've, you know, we've just fallen so far from our ancestors. It's, yeah. it's a nightmare. Um, I have um, intimate knowledge of someone who wears flip-flops as a minimum constantly. Hotel room carpets, hardwood floors, hotel, hotel, hotel. Never a bare feet will touch the floor other than in the shower. Wow. That's it. Wow. And it's a germ thing or a texture thing or whatever, but it's like flip-flops by the side of the bed, get out of bed, flops on, bathroom, shower, always no contact with the carpet or hardwood of hotel. That's borderline insane. What do you think is going to happen? It's just like- What's the concern? It's like a neuroses that- you know is crazy, but you're like, I just don't like it. Okay. I don't like it, so I'm not doing it. Makes sense. I've had this big stream of, of conversation with people lately about fear versus choice. This is getting maybe a, a one tick too deep. Mm. But let's talk about sushi for a second. Mm, if you yeah. say, I don't like sushi because it's squishy and I, it tastes gross and I don't like it, I go, fine. If you go, I don't like sushi because 
food safety and it's dangerous to eat raw fish, mm-hmm. then you go, well, wait a minute. So you're afraid of sushi. Yes. That's different than not liking sushi. Yes. And I have a problem with the fear. Wait a minute, I just dropped a hundred bucks and a hundred other people are in this restaurant, this high-end restaurant, and all of them are subjected to dangerous food? Right. Millions of Japanese people eat it every day. It's dangerous. It's not dangerous. What if it is a little dangerous? Even like, yeah. like a little bit. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with living a little? Yeah. You know, I mean, that, I respect people. I was thinking about this the other day, having a conversation. Someone was doing something. I'm like, hmm, I respect that you put yourself in harm's way a little bit. Yeah. I respect that you went to a brewery in North Park Hill as a single woman. I like that. <laughs> and you walked there. It makes me... It makes me feel like you got a little something. You're not just a coward. Grit. You know, yeah, a little grit. Yeah. You know, these people, they just, they're, that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. what are you afraid of that's yeah. going to happen? You got to have a little gravity on you, and it yeah. might be a little healthy fear of anything. Yeah. Uh, as a 13-year-old kid, you got to ride your bike to the store and back. Oh, what if something happens? They'll figure it out. Right. Like, that little fear of, like, I don't, so my son and I ride his bike to camp every day, and he's 12. Well, the other day I had a meeting at the same time. So I was like, hey, we've been doing this back and forth for three years. You know the route. Right. Go through the Hobo Bridge. Try not to breathe anything in. Yeah. Going to the Hold your breasts. I was like, you feel comfortable going to camp by yourself today? And he's like kind of paused. You could tell he's like not real comfortable. But he's like, I got it. Nice. And then after he did it once, he's like, no problem. I'll do it all the time. And- but it's that first one. Like he's a little scared. But I was proud of him that he didn't go, I'm not ready. Like, right. He's like, I got it. And there, that, there's so much to that of doing the thing once, then going, and then proving to yourself that you can do it. Yeah. I went through the hobo gauntlet. Yeah. I'm good. I feel like that's like what Tony Hawk is in skateboarding is he's the first guy to do a 540 spin or whatever. And as, as he did, everyone's like, oh. Commanders. And now everybody can do it. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Now it's possible. It just takes one person. Right. Innovator. Right. You're yeah. in the vanguard. 900. Like, 900. That's what. 900. 916. 900. Maybe 900. 900. No, 900, because the 1080 is three ways, you know, and you have okay. 180. And... Uh, another topic. Hey, w- w- before you oh, read that, sorry. what was the thing Jeremy last time said? Oh, we didn't talk about this. Why didn't we talk about this? You remember what that was? No, oh, no. Okay, next time. No ideas. Please. All right. I wish you do. Sorry, no, Jeremy. Okay. Uh, Taylor Swift. Let's talk a little T-Swift. So Taylor Swift, with, Taylor Swift was here over the weekend. She sold out in Power Field. We'll call it Mile High. Mile High. She sold you. out Mile High two nights. Yep. In a row for a total of 150,000 seats at around $1,000 a pop. No, that's not true. Is average $1,000? No, maybe? I think that was okay. resale. We all agree she's slick, but is that just a little bit too much? Admittedly, the question is about me trying to get Sam riled up for fun. <laughs> Please tell him, maybe I should read this because it's in parentheses. Please tell him I recently purchased a turquoise bracelet. Turquoise, but who is this? Oh, I can't tell. You. We can't tell. Fan, loyal fan. A uh, loyal fan. Okay, so uh, Boy, T Swift, you have succeeded. Thousand dollars. <laughs> Sam is steaming. Good thing the fans are on. I'm not. I'm not steaming. Um, T Swift, thousand bucks a pop, two nights. God bless her. Here's the thing. I like her music. Yes. I think it's good. Yeah. It's not great. Really? That's the fucking Beatles. It is. That's it, Led Zeppelin. Beatles of 2020s. Um, and so I, I think. Her music is good, and it's just it's grown to this point that, in my estimation, it was never meant to be. Yeah, um, it's a bubble. It's a Taylor Swift. I mean, the things these people are doing to get these tickets, and not just that. I I just talked to someone this morning. I'm like, "What'd you do?" She's like, "Well, I didn't have tickets, so I went to the uh, kind of like around the stadium, not in the parking lot, because they make you pay to go in there. But I just sort of stood and listened for a while. Just hear it. And there's about a hundred of us. Wow, that did that. I mean, it's just insane. So I I just. She's good, 
It's in a lot of ways. I'm not even hating. I just, I think we can be honest and say she's not a great musician. Yeah. But I think that actually is the appeal. I don't think greatness has as much currency these days, if I may. I was talking to two people about it this morning who went, and I was like, she played 45 songs. Wow. Amazing. Nobody plays 45 two songs. Two and a half hours. And they were telling me how that's amazing because nobody plays that many songs. And I did the math. I'm like, so it's like three-minute songs, like bang, 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 bang. And they're like, yeah, kind of. They're like, yeah, she does very little uh, improvisation or soloing or any experimentation. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's because she's not capable of it. But she could play the guitar, right? Isn't she eh. actually a musician first, and now she's become a pop sensation? Yes. Is that she true? A, no, she was always a pop sensation. She's a perfectly adequate musician, but she's not Jack White. Okay. You know, it's it's not, she's not excellent. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, she's just not equipped to do that. That's fine. Yeah. I don't think it's that impressive. <clears throat> she also doesn't give a shit what I think. Right. Fair. I think that she is a performer, right? Yeah. She's a performer. She, I, I like her songs. I think she's a musician of some kind. Like, she's not the caliber of whatever. You can name a hundred people that are more quote-unquote talented, but she's a performer. Yeah. She's also like Beanie Babies were. Remember when Beanie Babies were like, I gotta have more Cabbage yeah. Patch kids or name the, the Pokemon or whatever. Like, she's the thing that everyone's like, I must consume Taylor Swift. Yes. And she's viral and she's raking it in and god bless her for it You're but so, i yeah if you gave me tickets i wouldn't go i would find my friend who had a daughter who would pee her pants to go and yeah. give her the tickets dude you're right because it, some things reach a level there's somewhere a breaking point where fomo kicks in like you're talking about yeah and now it's just like like you said i don't want to miss out yeah. i want to go to this event too yeah so full disclosure i was offered a ticket wow um at face value nosebleeds 100 bucks okay um and I initially, before I realized I had a conflict that evening, said, yeah, I'll go. Yeah. I want to see. Yeah. I just want to observe. See what this is all about. And, but, and I am glad I ended up not going for that reason you said. There were so many people out there who would have been head over heels to have that ticket. Yeah. Who didn't get a chance to go. Right. So me going would have been a waste. Britney Spears, I think, is doing a residency in Vegas, and I want to go see it. Oh, yeah. do, do I particularly like Britney Spears? Not really. She, I like some of her songs. They're catchy. I want to see the thing. I want to see what it is. I want to experience. I would want to see if Whitney Houston was still alive. I would have had the chance. I would like to see it. Yeah. I don't, I'm not really a fan, but I want to know what it's all about. What is the deal here? Yeah. yeah. Like she's obviously super popular. But then when you were talking about not particularly a good musician, was um, Kurt Cobain a good musician? I mean, he knew three chords. Yeah, but he wrote these epic songs, and he was a thing, and a bit. That's like, a good point. That's so, a, that's a so very good point. The, the best musicians usually are. You know who Ingwe Malmsteen is? Oh yeah, guitar hey, player. Yeah, An uh, amazing guitar player. Growing up, it was all about how he's this magician, and I know one song from him, and he never really went anywhere. Never want to listen. But to he's music. amazing. I'm yeah. like, okay, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so. There is a talent in there yeah. of writing stuff that maybe not as technically as proficient, yeah. but it's stuff that people want to listen to. 100%. And she has that in space. Uh -huh. And so did Kurt Cobain, to be fair. Um, weirdly, Motley Crue, who everyone will laugh about this analogy, but Motley Crue did an interview once, and they said, we write songs that people can sing along to. Yeah. And they're very popular. Yeah. And I've been to 10 of their concerts. I won't ever go anymore because they're old and it's sad. Is it bad now? It's bad and they turn up way too loud and it's, it's uh, terrible. Okay. But and, and I love them. I love them, love them, love them. Mm. But they wrote 
songs for people that aren't musicians because they wanted to get laid and they wanted to party and they wanted to be a rock star. Yeah. And their songs, I think, are fantastic. Now, they're not good songs, but I love them. Some of them are. And you can sing along to them. And you get, yeah. and, and they're not even the, the bassist, Nikki Six, who everybody knows, I believe, didn't even know how to play the bass when he joined the band. Right. He joined the band with a guitar, and he played bass on a guitar for six months until he got a bass. Most so, bass players still don't know how to play bass. He's not a musician, but he's made millions it, of dollars, and he's world famous because he's in a band that everyone's like, fuck yeah, Motley Crue. What's wrong with that? They've got some songs that are actually, I think, very good songs. Yeah. Kickstart My Heart. Yeah. Oh. Everybody knows that song. You only got one. There's only one of those that were ever made. Yeah. Um, girls, Girls, Girls is the quintessential strip club song. Everybody is. knows that song. And that's a good example of what you're talking about. Yeah. Where they're like, we know what we're doing by writing this song, and it worked. Fine. Yeah. Why, why bemoan them? So, T-Swift, keep doing your thing, girl. And if I had tickets, I wouldn't go, but I would make sure somebody else got it. You know what I realized I would have done, which is the biggest piece of shit move? I would have left early. <laughs> I would have gone there for an hour and been like, all right. I'm going to get traffic on this one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Carry-ons. If you can sort your overhead luggage anywhere. Near- oh, yes. Oh, God. Okay. Well, another area. This is a big one. Okay. Charity and I travel a lot. Yeah. So above, obviously, there's three seats and there's ample carry-on space. The people that will either put their luggage too far in the front or too far in the back and then come to it. So they'll put their luggage above someone else's seat, yeah. effectively taking away their spot, right. and then they go sit somewhere else. If you can't store your luggage above your seat, you must move, store your luggage, and then you must sit there. You can't sit here, store your luggage way in the back, but sit in the front so you can get a better seat. Yeah. Well, you're only talking about Southwest because that's the only airline where you can actually pick your seat. Correct. Yeah, um, and in, South, in that regard, I agree with you. Yeah. In every other regard, it's the airline's fault. It's completely the airline's fault because they are charging way more for check luggage, forcing everyone to carry on as much as they possibly can, okay. and then it becomes an issue once these bins fill up. Yeah. When you have a carry-on that you got to put in a bin somewhere overhead, yep. you got to find a spot for it. Yeah. And then you got to go way back, back in the back, and put it there, and then you fuck up the whole deboarding thing. Yeah, you can't swim upstream. You must sit where your bag is. But you can't if you're on Delta or United or anything like that. you got to sit where your seat is. It's the airline's fault. How about, have you seen this one where, like, you can only have two carry-ons, and so, like, I got a bag, I got a backpack, and then a girl have a purse. Yes. Like, that's three. I need you to put the purse in the backpack. Yeah. that's but, And then so, take it out. So I'm going to plan. take one step beha- past you, and then I'm going to take it out again. That's fine. Just when I... That kind of uh, nuanced uh, minutia of rules is one of my least favorite things about the United States. But we have to enforce our laws. What if we didn't? But, like, that would... The anarchy. Just let that shit go. Because you know it doesn't matter. Now, if you have three rolly bags... That's what the rules intended. Where's the line? The line is that thing is too big and you know it and I know it and you're fucking the system, so you must fix it. That's when, as the gate agent, you look at the purse and you go, whatever. When so you the, go to Europe. putting too much power in the gate agent's hands. What if they want to abuse their power? Then good. I need you to slip me a 20 and I'll let you go. Oh, okay, so a little payola scheme here. We, we just went to Europe last month and <laughs> the brag. one thing, uh, yeah, it's not even a humble brag, it's just a brag. brag. Um... And what I notice out over there is there's so they have all their own problems, whatever. There's such a small level of bullshit in Europe. And we noticed it when we went through a construction zone. We walk up, there's a sign that says construction. There's obvious construction. There's not seven people around keeping you out and, and barriers and a sign, and it just says construction. And if you were dumb enough to walk through it, that's on you. Well, two things. Number one, 
The problem is here in America, we are dumb enough to walk through this. Yes, and litigious. Yeah, and so that will fuck everything up. Yeah. And number two, yeah, they don't invent anything. That's why they don't invent anything. Because they're that fucking lax about everything, and they never make anything. They take ours, and then they complain about the way we are. Fine, fine. No. I'd rather be over there. Okay. It's way better. You'd rather live there? I would live in Amsterdam. You, I would. You wouldn't live I in would. Amsterdam. You'd get so tired of it. You'd no, I love it there. Years Ride bikes everywhere and water and tulips. and the, the, the whole vibe there was like, there's very little even like stoplights. There's not that many cars anyway. There are more bicycles than there are people in Amsterdam. And everyone just kind of comes to an intersection and kind of like judges what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's fine. We did not see one accident. We did not see one person be like, fuck you. Right. Nobody. Right. It was great. And everywhere there is thin. Everybody. Thin. See, that thin. I can get behind. Thin. Okay. And the only people that are heavy there are the obvious Americans. Football uh, jersey, yeah. jean shorts, waddling, stuff in their face full of fritzes. You could see them coming a mile away. Everybody else is fit. And they're not nice, but they're not not nice. They're just there. They're fine. It's you great. don't think you'd start to see uh, you know, the other issues the longer you're there. You'd start to be like, all right, the vacation sure. mode is worn off. Now I actually don't like not having stoplights because that guy's doing it wrong. They they definitely probably have their own things. Yeah. Because it's not the epicenter of culture, although it feels like it but is. But it is kind of. It feels like it is. Wait, hold on. Maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe we should be moving to Amsterdam. The Dutch are pretty fucking cool. Dude, I'd move to Italy, though. Over Am- Now, I've only laid over in Amsterdam. Italy, though, it, I, it's got everything you're talking about in spades, and it's a beautiful country. Great. So with the Netherlands. Netherlands, yeah. they, they do get snow, but the canals yeah. freeze over in the winter. Instead of riding bikes to work, they ice skate to work. Oh, uh, is that? No way that that's a thing. No. Yes. No, that is some American fantasy. No, they told me this. Did they really? I got firsthand. We spent some time. Oh, I got to tell you this, Mark. Yeah. We spent some time with some bartenders. We obviously all, their food sucks. Their beer is fantastic. So we just drank beer the whole time we were there. Didn't eat. Made some friends sort of with the, the bartenders or wait staff. And we're like, got it. You have to be honest with us. Who's the worst tourist? It, it's the Americans. You can tell us. We just want to know. They're like, oh, gosh, no. The French. The French oh. are the worst. They're rude. They're mean. They're entitled. And I was like, what about the Americans? They go, oh, no, no, no. You guys are loud, but you're like clowns. We don't take you seriously. We're like golden retrievers. We're clowns. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I love the Netherlands. So they're not, they aren't mad at us at all, but they don't take us seriously. See, I like that. What about, what about Australia? You've been to Australia? Australians are going to Australia. Which one? Going to Australia. Like if we're going to move somewhere. Let's go. It's very, uh, Sydney's very expensive. Have you been there? there. Never been there. I'd like to go. Let's go. Melbourne's the move. Probably also very expensive. No, everything's very expensive, but they make like 300 grand a year. Their money just means nothing. Well, the, the continent is like 90% uninhabitable. Yeah. Like everything is coasts. And it, at least when I went, which was, God dang, 18 years ago at this point, but they were, they loved Americans. They were so friendly to us. Everything was no worries. Again, not exporting a whole lot, but they don't really need to. My, my whole thing about shitty Americans is really the Americans are asking for it. When you're loud and you're demanding, like, I don't see any mayonnaise. And they're like, well, fucking calm down. You don't need mayonnaise. Like, Americans are entitled people. Yeah. And they're loud. And they're just, they're, they're big. And if, if you do that in a foreign country, they don't like it. If you could just try to blend in, even though you, you obviously should. don't, then it's fine. You then you're not. Try to assimilate a little bit. Yes. And they people get mad when we say that about people coming here. Yeah. But I believe in that a little bit. Yeah. But I also believe in it when we go other places. Yeah. You should try to culturally fit it. That's the whole fucking point. I was wearing a t-shirt that said Colorado on it, and I was like, I probably shouldn't have even done that. I didn't mean to do it. Yeah. But let's just just wear uh whatever, like a benign shirt. Don't be too loud. 
just enjoy the shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very interesting. And I, I got, yeah, I just, we do have a size problem as Americans that the rest of the world doesn't have in terms of the size of our people. That's an issue. But you know what else? In, it doesn't seem to be the other end of the spectrum in these countries either. You know, we got some Americans who are in fucking great shape. Yeah. I don't know. Do you see any? Well, the chasm, like uh, Kroll always says, the chasm between octagons of safe spaces is just getting bigger and bigger. So for every person that is woefully out of shape, you got someone who's been doing CrossFit 24 hours a day. Yeah, like, that seems like an American thing. That is an American thing. Yeah. We're extreme, yeah. right? It's yeah. either you're barely making it or you're just destroying it. Right. And there's not, I mean, Bill America is getting smaller and smaller, and they're probably the most modest man average but the the coast man you go to a big blue city on either the coast and it's either people are crushing it or they're barely making it yeah speaking of people barely making it health wise i was at a pool a water park yesterday oh god holy shit yeah water park in commerce city oh boy yeah oh boy whose idea that was but it was just i can't it's there are and not just one but several people that are so your body, you've let it to degrade so much to where you could go, not even really articulate it in the right way. You know what I mean? Where it's like yeah. a struggle to do the normal things, like go from seated to standing and yeah. vice versa. Yeah. Just strange. I don't know. I, I How does it get there? Well, my, my contention always is before it gets there, it gets halfway there. Yeah. So at some point you got to go, all right. And your doctor has to be like, come on. Right. That's just on the prescription pad. You should just say, Come on. Come on. Come on. Just slide it over. I saw a quote the other day, which I, I've, I've also noticed that I do a lot of pontificating to my kids when I have them captive, like at a meal. Yeah. And they, they always look up and go, you just turned this meal into a life lesson. Like, they're always saying that. But I said, here's the thing. You, you, you want your life to be simple, but not easy. Yes. And they, they look at me, and I always have to go, what does that mean to you? And they give me some answer, and they go, oh, wow. Thanks for the life lesson, Dad. But it is really true, right? And so with, with anybody that you look at and you're like, that person's life is probably not, it, it, it's too easy and it's not simple enough. Yeah. It's too complicated and it's really, really hard. Simple. Yeah. No, it's really simple. Oh, it's simple. Because there's no gravity on it. Sure. Right? They, their life is so simple, but it's at the same time massively complicated. Right. Just, you need to do the opposite. Whatever you're doing, you should do the opposite. It's hard to get there. Yeah. It is hard to get there. Yeah. You don't want easy. But you don't want too complicated either. Well, there's got to be a moment of fuck it, too. You're like, fuck it. It's already, I've already, it's already a waste. Just forget it. I've already made it through half this bag of Doritos. Just I just eat going. the rest of them. Yeah. I'm going to start biting my fingers because I haven't realized that the seasoning is my fingers. That's what I'm going to stop. Yeah. That tastes like blood. Oh, shoot. I'm done with this. Well, that is my signal to stop. That's good. So there you All have right, it. Let's do one more. Okay. One more uh, from a viewer. Our neighborhood is a single mom. Okay. Our neighbor. Sorry. Our neighbor is a <laughs> single mom of two elementary age kids. Her landlord recently raised the rent from $2,800 to $4,200 per month. She's liquidating to move and has to downsize. Um, aren't there laws in place for this? This is not really a rantable topic, but what do you think about this concept like that, oh, I can make more, so I will make more, and I will kick you out, mother of two, so I can make an extra $1,200 a month. Is that good math? No, more. yeah, $1,400 a month. Well, you're not kicking her out. The lease is ending. Lease so the, is ending. The, the but business agreement that you have made. Yeah. To spoken like a realtor. Well, I'm sorry. I, I don't. I don't like it either. Yeah. But that is market. And if he can't get that on the market, then he won't rent it out, and he'll lose money. So that's a bad. 
decision on his end. I think in California, I'm not entirely sure this is true, that there's like a, it's 5% or yeah. 8% or like you can't raise it more than 5% right. for scenarios like this where you so, can gouge someone because the market has gone up and you got in at a good thing. And do they do that in Manhattan too, right? There's rent controlled apartments. Yeah. You can't screw over the people who could obviously never live there. Right. So as a landlord, is there something to, well, have a heart, dude. And he's like, yeah, but you're costing me 1400 a month. Yes, I I am a landlord, Yeah, as are you. Yep. And I, I think we're the same. Could we charge a little more? Probably, yeah. yes. But I'm not charging dramatically underneath. Yep. But it's, you know, you want to, that is your decision to make. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that doesn't sound like a good situation. It's tough. She's going to have to move. I have a, a property manager once that said, when it's time to raise the rent, if you feel guilty about it, which that's kind of what I'm talking about is the guilt, is like if you raise the rent less than it would cost them to move, they're going to pay the ex the more rent. So if you raise it 100 bucks a month, that's 1200 a year. Yeah. If it's going to cost them $2,000 to move, then it's cheaper to stay there and pay the 1200 And the hassle. Yeah. And the hassle, right? So that's like that seems like sort of fair. Right. But- if if I could raise it way more, I would actually feel guilty because you're renting. You if you could buy, you would. It's money, Maybe. really. Yeah. Uh, I don't really feel bad. And and I get spoken like a realtor, but this is why we got to get people into home ownership. Then into home ownership. Oh yeah, yeah. Call the yeah. shots. Yeah. Otherwise, you're always going to be subject to the whims of whatever landlord you're you're renting from. Yeah. We can't become a nation of renters. It does yeah. not end well. Yeah. This this country was built on ownership. Us owning pieces of something. Yeah. And this is one way to do that. You fucking own that pizza, speaking of. God dang. We made it through 80% of that pizza. Not bad. Now, here's a Swanson move that I'm trying to get out of is there are two pieces left. Yeah. They've been sitting out for 45 minutes. Yeah. I'm looking at it thinking I kind of want to eat it because it will taste good. Yep. But when I get in the car, I'll be like, that was a huge mistake. Yeah. I think I think we showed the restraints and we ended here. I'm not going to eat it. All right. Good deal. Mostly because I'm kind of hungover and I don't want to feel, have a bad belly and a bad head. Even worse. Let's go oh. get a beer. Ah, cheers. <laughs> All right. Uh, lunch without Jer. Sorry, Jer. We miss you, buddy. We're at Redeemer Pizza. See ya. Love you.